Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. there all you wrestling maniacs all you nostalgia holics and the hardcore members of the iwc and all you casual fans who like your pro wrestling on the tv thank you for downloading the wrestlemaniacs podcast my name is alex ketchum and as always i'm here with the man with the plan mr bob wick we're gonna get down tonight baby darn right we are bobby and the (laughs) captain of keeping it real jake russell what up though Love those Detroit greetings. And if you love this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you're getting your podcast from. Hit us up at uh, gmail.com, WrestleManiacsPodcast at gmail. Or like us on Facebook. Send us some messages. Send us some feedback. We want to make this podcast as fun and involved for you guys as possible. Now, getting on to the show. 1992, WrestleMania 8. It was the beginning of a new era, if you will. The I like to call it the occupation era okay. because everybody yeah. had jobs you see <laughs> um there's a bit of a transition it has a different feel this wrestlemania but let's set the mood let's go back in time let's hop in that uh highway to heaven memorial time machine <laughs> <laughs> so it was 92 right we got for movies this is a great year for movies we got aladdin we got a league of their own we have reservoir dogs come out oh reservoir you know? dogs yeah. is a great movie uh, one of my favorites wayne's world drops Oh, Wayne's World was in 92. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Party time, excellent. Uh, for music, we have um, In Vogue, give him something he could feel. Oh, yeah. Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. And oh, wow. And the most depressing song I ever heard, uh, Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Uh, if you're at the Wick House, uh, you're probably watching Home Improvement, because my dad's a big, big Tim Allen fan. Uh, or Cheers. Uh, Rosanna Seinfeld are also some... Something that was on the tube. Uh, and The Simpsons. Simpsons still going. Still going strong. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Now, now they got that Disney money. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Man, they got, yeah, they're on Disney now, aren't they? So, Jake, what actually was cool in 1992? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Music-wise, uh, uh, Dr. Dre dropped his debut album, The Chronic, 92. That happened. Um, let's see. Redman dropped his album. Uh, what the album? Uh, who else? I think EPMD dropped their last good album. Uh, well, not last. That sounds fucked up. But their last album I thought was good. It was called um, Business Never. Actually, I forgot the name of it. But it was it was a good album. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! But uh, who else? Oh, Pete Rock, CL Smooth dropped their debut album, Mecca and the Soul Brother. And that's for y'all, you uh, the super hip hop heads out there. Uh, Ice Cube dropped uh, his uh, classic rap single, uh, karaoke classic. Uh, Today was a good day. That dropped in 92. And what movies came out? And uh, Oh, yeah, Juice. Juice came out uh, movie, uh, starring Tupac Shakur and uh, uh, Omar Epps. Yeah, that's uh, that was going on in black culture in 1992. <laughs> Oh, oh, wait, wait. Uh, 92, Copy Show went off the air, and uh, that fall, uh, Martin debuted on the air. Martin. Oh, I remember Martin. That was a great show. Yeah. Love Martin. Yeah, that was good What shit. was the the female character he used to Martin would play? Shanae. 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 Yeah. 
Oh man, that show was funny. Yeah, that's what's going on. And um, whoops, shit. <laughs> you can't help yourself. I'm sorry. Oh shit. But yeah, that Jake was going doing on. Fully work over here. Right. <laughs> now back to the wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. In 1992, I think this was an era where I was becoming. I was. A, I was deep into wrestling, and uh, I went to my first live event at the Memphis Pyramid. Um, because I remembered it was during, it had to be around this time because it, the main event was, uh, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper versus Ric Flair and Sid, uh, Justice. Wow. And That's a good one. yeah, it was a good one. There were some chair shots. Uh, I saw Tatanka lose and he was on his, uh, undefeated streak. And I think he lost to like a member of the Orient Express, which was just shocking. Like the whole place just was just shocked because like, that was like the big hype, this undefeated wow. dude. And he was still unfitted on TV for months after that. But we always, I saw him losing the pyramid. It's bullshit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not on tape, it don't count. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, 1992, WrestleMania took place in Indianapolis. This is our first WrestleMania there. We're in the Hoosier Dome. And we had about 62,000. Let's get the official one here. 62,167 individuals lined up and piled in there to watch Hulk Hogan take on Sid Justice and possibly Hulk Hogan's final match. And the macho man Randy Savage once again go for the gold against the greatest real world's champion of all time, Ric Flair. And that's just the, the, the double main event. I think this was our first WrestleMania with a double main event as well. If I don't recall the double main events previously. There there's things that seemed like a double main event, but this is the first time they actually announced it as a double main event. Okay. Because they they, they they always screw over like Randy and stuff like that. Like his championship like title matches are like mid card and just uh, like uh, being mean, at the end. I think it's just really apparent how much Vince loved Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. I mean, basically the business model's been up to this point: build a monster for Hogan to defeat. Yeah, and then crush him. Mm-hmm. That's basically been like the recipe for success. And Hogan must pose at the end of the night. Hogan must pose. Mm. So, we'll see a few new things. I want to say, uh, going into it, Reba McIntyre opened up. She did a pretty good job. Not America the Beautiful this time. Yeah. Yeah, she's singing the national anthem. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that, if that was her choice. I, probably, because it seems like Vince is a bit, much bigger fan of America the Beautiful, uh, which I am too, honestly. Yeah, me too. I, I think it's a shorter song, and it's just a better song. Uh, agreed. We got Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And I got to say, I think this is like the prime of Bobby the Brain as like the commentator, especially when the the Ric Flair stuff, yeah. because he was a rep, like a, I don't know, what was um, a consultant for Ric Flair, and he would just get <laughs> so flustered. It was, it was awesome. The only thing I don't like about it, now that Bobby's on commentary the whole time, we don't have the Heenan family anymore. And I love the Heenan family. I like like I like stables, man. I think they're that's cool. Like they have the clicks and stuff like that. At least, I wish they would do more of that now. Like uh, use the OC to to its full potential. You know, you got these great guys who have all this charisma, and they don't really do it like they used to. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like a manager who has like he has a tag team. He has like a world title contender. He has his intercontinental title contender. You know. That's what you gotta have. You gotta have somebody go for different titles. You can't have guys com- competing. Yeah, because like it also gives everybody like motivation to to accept smaller like titles. You know, like 
Because right now, if without any managers per se, like everybody should just be wanting to get like the main title, like the, your heavyweight title. Like, why would you? Why would you settle for anything less? Unless you were a part of a clique that was like, all right, well, we all we're all gonna get every piece of the pie. So you guys go over here, take it, this title. I'll go over here, take this title. We get our big guy, get you know, and we all share in the prize. Like it's good old days. Old man wrestling over here, telling you how it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay, let's go ahead and get to the event. So we got, Re- after Reba, we our first match is Shawn Michaels, the new Shawn Michaels. This is post-Rockers, uh, and he is now the sexy boy. And we have like that classic entrance music, um, version one, that it was sung entirely by Sensational Sherry. Who is great? I, I still like. I, I don't. I did not know she sung the first version. I, yeah, I, was, I didn't know that was her. I yeah. like her version better. To be honest, like it's, it just sounds weird. Him like, I got the moves. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, still her voice in the beginning though. The yeah. oh oh Sean is still her. They always kept that. But yeah, and I loved like the look. I like the. I remember that he had the the cool cow print like tights and like that was and, like, the the round sunglasses which were like so cool back then. Uh, the heartbreak kid, as he was calling himself, and would forever, I guess, be called re-reference to that HBK, and he's taken on the revamped Tito Santana, who is now the El Matador, Tito Santana. He went back down to Mexico in a series of vignettes and fought bulls. Yeah, to, re- yeah. to retrain himself. See, I miss that too. Like people going to train and like learning a new move, and that changes the whole game. Like I like that <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, and like you're gonna well, we're gonna talk see a lot of it in the next in like the upcoming. Uh, well, if you were a fan of this time, there was a lot of that. Like the dragon, Ricky the dragon became more of a dragon. He would have like scales and breathe fire and things. Uh, there was a lot of guys who were kind of getting repackaged a little bit. Uh, but Sean, I think Sean had the best new idea after throwing Marty through that window, which was so dastardly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Sean gets the win over Tito Santana. Good match. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, it's a good opener. Yeah, yeah. And uh, honestly, we've, we've seen Tito a couple times. This is one of the longest matches I've seen Tito in, and I thought he was he was really great as well. Yeah, I think he's a bit of an unsung hero as far as he was just that guy who would always get you a good match. Yeah, he feels like a solid wrestler, but not a great storyteller as far as, like, he didn't ever have, like, a until, like, right now, like, this version of him, like, the Matador stuff, which still seems a little heavy-handed. I've I never found him, like, that interesting, you know? Yeah. Mm. It was a little vanilla, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, after this match, we have a, a long interview with the Road Warriors, who have now reunited with their manager... From the old days, Mr. Paul Ellerly. Ellering? Yeah. Yeah. And I did not know that when I became a fan, there was this guy was already out. So I did not know he was a manager of them in the past. I had no idea who this dude was. Um, I think my buddy Richard explained it to me. Yeah. He just seems like a weird dude who owns like a, a haunted house. Like. <laughs> You can make it in my cellar for twenty minutes. I'll give you ten bucks. I'm like, no, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, 
you know, he had a he had a recent run in NXT with uh, yeah. Authors of Pain, which I thought was neat. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then they just walked away from him. It was a weird ending to that. But yeah, when they got the the push, when they got well, yeah, when they got a manager who pissed himself. <laughs> uh, what is happening? All right. So after they talk for fucking ever, which is not really what the Road Warriors were so known for. They don't have a match. They just get back in their cars and go home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty annoying <laughs> interview because they kept on passing it to each other. Like yeah. it, they kept on. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> Oh, shit. I mean, if I was them, I'd be pissed off. You paint your face and put all this shit on, and then you go out there and talk for me. Are you kidding me? You got paid to be on TV. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, on how big the check was. But. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you get get more or less, but like you showed up. You got paid. You left. You didn't have to take one bump. Okay. Well, touche. <laughs> Shit, sorry. <laughs> All right. uh, our second match of the evening is um, was one of my more favorite ones of the uh, the night. Jake the Snake Roberts takes on the Undertaker, who has now become a good guy uh, because Jake the Snake was so bad and evil that the Undertaker is now good for fighting him. They had some clips, background story. At some point in time, Jake locked the Undertaker's hand in a casket. I didn't understand that, like from the vignette. I didn't or the 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 package that they set up like I thought he glued it or something like I didn't understand like it was locked like, yeah he slammed the lid on the Undertaker's hand and then locked it so the Undertaker's got this big heavy casket and he can't move and then he proceeds to DDT poor Paul Bearer and he kicks the urn like a soccer ball just shoots <laughs> that thing across. <laughs> you just see the urn go flying um, I thought it was I mean like at the time I remember it being great like I just and uh, when we watched this match, I remember I watched this WrestleMania with a bunch of my friends when I was a kid. And at that time, I remember rooting for Jake the Snake. And I don't know why, um, but it was just something about it. I just remember wanting Jake to win. Yeah, it was kind of sad to watch it. It was a little sad watching this match because, like, um, I guess, like, this the I guess the tone of this pay-per-view was, like, you know, the like a transition. To, yeah, no, I completely era. agree. Yeah, end of an era kind of thing. And I don't know. Passing no, the torch. Yeah. The way, and, yeah. No, and, no, and, and nothing kind of exemplified that, like this match. Because, um, you know, Jake, because, you know, Jake Snake's always a fan favorite. Then Undertaker's like that guy, that guy, like <laughs> that guy yeah. now. And and you hear them, like, like, it's like I guess Jake the Snake was a heel, but like he not a complete one because people still cheer for him. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying people still love him. So like, but it, you you see like people still kind of cheer for him, but they're more on Taker's side. So it was just kind of like sad. And then you see like most matches, um, Jake the Snake is always like he's usually like controlling the pace of the match. He's usually like fucking the other guy up. He's usually like the one dominating usually. And then like um. You see him fight Taker, he's giving his all, and like Taker's just like just popping right back <laughs> popping up, broke up and the shit. So it's just kind of sad, like damn man, fuck. But then like, there's another match later in Jake the Snake career that's <laughs> kind of even sadder, but that that birthed another icon. But anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be a fun one to talk about in the future. Yeah, but but I thought this was a great match. I liked it. I liked the. It was. I thought it was, it was a good a, watch. Yeah. yeah, it was a good watch. I thought it was too short. I mean. 
Maybe it was maybe it was it was the length of the match probably perfect, but I could have watched it longer. I, I think I could have watched it. I think I would have liked it to have been about five or seven minutes longer. You know okay. what I'm saying? But I thought it was good. Watch y'all. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Uh, something weird. Um, when I, I before I watched it again, I, I remembered the match going like this: they go outside. Jake hits the DDT on the ta- on Taker on the outside and rolls him back in, and then starts jabbing with a bear or something. Go slides in, and then when he slides in, the Undertaker sits up and then gets the win. However, it was nothing like that. It <laughs> <laughs> was a different pay per view. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just remember because I remember like the Undertaker not you know back being stronger than the DDT, and that upset me. Yeah, um, but. As I mean, know back then, and I just but I remember there being some kind of like he didn't actually pin him, and, you know. I remember there being like some kind of time for him to get up, so it was like a little more logical, protected the move. Uh, but no, Taker tombstones Jake on the outside and then rolls his dead ass body back in the ring yeah. and pins him, yeah. which was cool. I like that was it. A really cool, yeah. And cool. Bobby Heenan sold the hell out of it, he oh, broke his neck, yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought Jake was a stupid. I mean, you know, they, 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 you know, of course he's Undertaker's probably like built to like win this match or whatever. Yeah. But like, I just thought it was dumb. Like, I just thought it made Jake look dumb. Like, you, you, you hit two DDTs and you take all fucking day to pin him or whatever like that. I just mm-hmm. thought that was that looked stupid on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, other than that, yeah, this was a dope match. One of my favorites of the of the pay per view. Yeah, and it's followed by my favorite match of the pay-per-view, I think. Uh, Bret Hart and Roddy Piper for the IC oh, title. this was a good one. This was not. This was the best match of the pay-per-view. Yeah. This was the best one. So, Roddy Piper is the IC champ. He beat the Mountie for the title at the Royal Rumble back in January of 92. Uh, the Mountie defeated Bret Hart when he had the flu or something. <laughs> uh, it was something weird. I just remember being like the Mountie showing up with the belt as a kid. I mean, like, uh, me just being like, what the hell? Because <laughs> it was like at a house show. And I don't think they ever showed the match. Um, so both guys are good guys, which is an interesting spot to be in. And it can be difficult. Yeah. So now the crowd has to pick a side. Uh, the interview before it, I liked. I did. You know, Piper, uh, Piper just taking, uh, <laughs> taking shots at, uh, Brett was great. Like, holy crap. Yeah. But the, the there is so they were so bad they were funny to me like it's it's that old like they're still doing like god it's 92 and they're still doing that kind of jokey stuff that was popular like in the 50s you know like that that weird yuck 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 yeah <laughs> but yeah they kind of but i don't know brett i could be a piper's being piper like a little crazy mm-hmm. but dangerous talking about like having sandwiches with like Bret Hart's One family or meat. something, <laughs> and bologna and bologna sandwiches. He called. He, he, I think he pronounced them sandwiches. Yeah, uh, which made me believe that they were like childhood friends or something. He uh, he was part of that crew. He used to wrestle out of Calgary. Okay, with the uh, Stu Hart's. Uh, I know he was originally from Canada. So. Yeah, yeah. He 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 did he did some stuff up there. So they, uh, but during the match, Bret Hart starts. I mean, it's a great match, right? And it's. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite Roddy Piper matches because he wrestled. You know, he didn't. 
it was so different from like a normal Piper match where it's a lot of brawling and just, you know, shenanigans. Uh, but like, no, he wouldn't like, he, they did a lot of wrestling like technical stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of chain wrestling. It was really great to watch. Yeah. And like Bret Hart, uh, starts bleeding about halfway through a lot of blood. A lot. Dude, yeah. We see a lot of color during this whole event. Like the funny thing is, is, uh, you weren't allowed to bleed. Yeah. Um, in Bret Hart's book, he talks about doing it. And like, I went back and watched and like, if you're looking for it, you can kind of see him doing something with his hands at one point in time, but you never see him actually the like cut himself or anything. So yeah. it was really smooth, but he didn't get in trouble. Like they, they he cut himself over the eye instead of like, like in the normal yeah like, spot. And like so the doctors thought it was legit. Huh. <laughs> um, and he did. You know that was like all part of the plan. So when Flair started bleeding later, like they got they both got fined a bunch of money for bleeding when you're not supposed to um just a little side little side note there but that's so wow. weird because like I, it's still the same rule now and like now that there's ufc like you know why is blood such a big deal I, I, unless it's like a health issue like you know you don't want like the abdul the busher type situation happening it's like you know yeah I, I mean i'm assuming it's some kind of insurance thing i don't know oh, i imagine Jake, what I mean, did um, did you like the story of this match at all? I mean, you, you said it was like your favorite as well. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> my um, my I like the ending pretty much. Like, uh, you know how he's about to fuck his ass. Roddy probably about to fuck him up with the bell, and uh, he listens to the crowd. He booing him, all this other shit. He throws it away, and then you know he proceeds to. Uh, oh yeah, he, he puts a sleep. He puts a sleeper on uh, an illegal sleeper, I guess. Uh, this Enid or Monsoon said it was a legal sleeper. I don't understand that part, but he did. <laughs> but he um, he put a sleeper on, and Brett reversed it into a, a pin. Which was dope. Just which is why I love Brett Hart. He just just the shit he be doing. Like yeah, like how tech, like how technical he is. You know what I'm saying? I just like when he uh, did that and pinned him. Like like shit like that. That moment, and yeah. then like um. When Roddy gave him like you know he uh you know like he gave him the title put around his waist respected him like I respected that I like that I that, that that's how you do it you don't uh you lose a title and you do that that's how you you lose a title to someone you respect them or whatever that's how you do it I didn't like how like I just didn't like when Hogan did it for some reason it was just <laughs> it was just whack and cheesy it's like all right man you already the man like. Everybody already on your dick. Let 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 everybody else get some shine. <laughs> yeah, you know what right? I'm saying. Yeah, like, I just hated that shit. I hated when Hogan did, it. especially WrestleMania. What four? four. Mm-hmm. When um when um Macho when won out. that tournament, and then Hogan stole the shine and shit. Like, yeah, cheer for this guy. Cheer for this guy. Like, nigga, get off the f- and fuck starts out flexing. The ring. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out the ring, fam. But like, yeah, um, yeah, it was just an exciting match. Just like move after move after move, it just looked dope. Even like the 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 the, the botch moves or whatever. Like when they like, I think Roddy's trying to throw Brett out the ring, but like they both fell out the ring. It looked it looked goofy it as looked, hell, but it was but, fun. But yeah, it also looked real. Too, yeah, right? it did look yeah. real. Yeah, like they they made they they got where they wanted to be, and like yeah. you could tell it it didn't go the first time, but they still yeah the way they fell it looked like. 
it looked more real. I thought. I thought it was good. I, and thought, I, I think and like, it was real. Yeah. And like the end, and like the ending of the match, like you mentioned, I, like I still remember that vividly from like my childhood. Like when he reversed that sleep, I'd never seen that before. Like he ran up yeah. the turnbuckle and kicked back, and pinned the guy with because he yeah. with the sleep with his own move. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, my favorite one of my, I think my favorite match of the night. It was it was just great. Uh, and then up next, we go on to hype for the next big star coming in to the uh, WWF, or actually the WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation. Oh, God. Oh, Y'all remember that? Icopro? Barely. Not until, not, well, because they always bring it up when they bring up, like, uh, uh, the football, the, the X, X, XFL. XFL. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I remember it, and yeah. So. Lex Luger does a big, long interview about how he's going to dominate the World Bodybuilding Federation, which I, I never saw anything that they ever did. Uh, he does, but then he eventually comes into the WWF as a wrestler, which is probably what they should have hired him for in the first place. <laughs> Anyways, but so they talk. Bobby talks with Lex, who becomes the narcissist, and you can tell they're kind of going for that gimmick. He's just talking about how he loves himself and has some girl bring him a milkshake because you know that's what, what badasses was, do. Was it a milkshake or just a glass of milk? I think it's just a glass of milk. Oh, I thought it was like a I thought it was like protein. an Ico Pro protein uh, shake or something. Protein shake? Maybe it could have been, yeah. but I don't know. It looked like some milk to me. <laughs> Maybe let's just, just call it milk. milk. Let's call it milk. He uh he just Can you uh, drink steroids? <laughs> probably. <laughs> he probably could drink steroids. He's yeah. some liquid steroid in <laughs> He got like a really buff tongue. <laughs> Look at this. His stuff. tongue is buff. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But like, um, yeah. I just I think any super swole dude drinking a glass of wholesome ass milk is funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny to me. But yeah, yeah. I just like it. I hope it. I hope it was just milk and mm, does a body good. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't know. Lex Luger is always kind of cheesy to me. Anyway, I'll never forgive him for lids. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. Ow! Oh, oh shit! I'll oh. put it. Well, I didn't do it. You did. <laughs> um. Up next, we our next match is um, an eight man tag. That's kind of a hodgepodge of different people. We have a lot of Jimmy Hart's guys, uh, the Nasty Boys and the Mountie, teaming up with who was it, the Repo Man. Again, we're in the occupation era, so yeah. everybody has to have a job. Mm-hmm. So Smash is now a guy who repossesses cars. Yes, and actually, I, I kind of like the Repo Man. I, I did too. Guilty pleasure. We're just like the, the, like the, the, he's so goofy. Yeah, he's so goofy. <laughs> and I remember I didn't know who he was until he did that laugh one time, and I was like, "Holy! Oh wait, I know that laugh. That's Smash." You know, and I was like shocked that the Repo Man was Smash from Demolition. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just remember Repo Man. That was like his music, and he would come sneaking to the ring, right, <laughs> in this big ass gray jacket. You know, it's like you're not very inconspicuous when you're running around with like parts of a car. Like stapled to your jacket. <laughs> well, how do you repo stuff? I, I don't. Know. I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I got maybe you should leave me. it up to the professionals how you dress. Okay. Touche. Right. Touche. <laughs> They're taking on uh, Sergeant Slaughter, who's now an American again, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Big Boss Man, and Virgil, with. The face protector on him. Yeah, I believe it was 
Horace Grant posing as Virgil, Virgil, yeah, Horace Grant from the uh, Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later, the Orlando Magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That, uh, yeah, Virgil's <laughs> his promo, <laughs> dog. His promo was funny in the motherfucker, dog. When he was like, you could tell he's out, he, he, he wasn't that comfortable doing it or felt, I don't know if he felt out of his element, but he was just like, he, he just said some shit like, like, like I'm wearing the face protector to protect my nose. Who's gonna protect your nose or some shit? Like <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and then they just, and then they just cut it from you know, like immediately. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, dog, nah. That's the best you can do, my man. It's like, damn, <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking Rachel's bad. Just the worst, man. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> who's gonna protect your nose? Who's gonna protect yeah. your nose? But then in the uh, then in the match, like I remember Virgil, he was like, I don't know, trying to do like some, like you know, like showing off how Fancy's footwork was or some shit, trying to be like a boxer and shit. Like he was just showing off, and then one of the I think one of the nasty boys just just whacks him in the head, real yeah. fast <laughs> and he falls. <laughs> I mean, it just looked funny to me, man. Those were two things that stood out for this match for me. Virgil, I did just, like I did like the big boss man promo. I thought he was cool. I, I, I wish he had his own match during this event rather than this one. This is totally to me. This this is a totally skippable match. I didn't I didn't really get much out of it. Yeah, it was six and a half minutes, and the most entertaining part was Ray Combs from the Family Feud making fun of the the bad team poorly. <laughs> it was a bunch of bad jokes, but the crowd was into it. They were laughing. It's so bad. It said the repo man's parents we, like were hoping for a girl, a boy. Yeah, so they were upset. But uh, the way, like, the way he set up the jokes didn't make sense because he would tell he he would do his own setup, and then before he did the punchline, he'd say survey says, but it didn't always work. Like I don't know. <laughs> it was yeah. yeah. It's a bad bit. Yeah. Next match. Next. <laughs> uh, well, next, surprisingly enough, we have our world title match. In right? the middle of the Smack fucking event. dab in the middle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What is this, like, Number match six. five? Six. 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 And, that was, and that was pretty well. Wait, six? We on yeah. match six? Well, there was a dark match. Uh, it's, it's number five. If, you okay. Know, the dark match was the Bushwhackers and well, uh, the yeah. Beverly Brothers. We still got to watch the... Uh, the Bushwhacker, Bush, Bushwhacker, Bushwhackers match on Family Matters. We still have to watch that. Oh, really? oh yeah, we definitely do. We probably but yeah. bonus. That's a bonus. Next bonus episode. That's what we're doing. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah. So Randy Savage is taking on Ric Flair. Now the story behind this one, if you guys remember, was that Ric Flair. <laughs> Big gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> talk about his big gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about, well, knowing yeah. what I know Tony now, Sh- it's so Tony Schiavone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Tony Schiavone loves Ric Flair's doink. <laughs> Jim Ross brought it up, brings it up too. It's one of his one man shows. Oh, Jesus. He said he pulled it out in the limo in front of these girls and like they got, they screamed and left. And he said, 50% of the time it works. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but so said, who 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 whipped it who whipped it out? Flared it? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, man. Um baby's arm holding an apple, he says. 
Uh, <laughs> that's what Jim Ross said. I just remember that. That's like the opening story, though. And I just remember sitting there like, what? Uh, so Randy Savage is taking on Ric Flair. And Ric Flair has been uh, posting or showing, sharing photos of him and Liz doing things, saying that he uh, has he had her first or he had an affair. And they have a centerfold picture of, the, of maybe her being nude and they're going to, they're going to show it to the world after he beats macho man at WrestleMania. That's our story. And macho man, of course, is mad because his wife, supposedly his wife, they all these slander about his wife. Uh, he comes down looking good in the golden black. I like, yeah, yeah. And he didn't, he didn't bullshit. He, he ran out there. Yeah. He, he went full. It was great. And, uh, you know, I want to say, like, you know, perfect. Mr. Perfect was in Ric Flair's corner as the ex- executive consultant. Um, I think he did a great job in this match. Like, as far as being, he was, he was involved quite a bit from the beginning all the way through it. And he was where he had to be every single time. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Especially, like, if you're doing, like, uh, complimenting, Ric Flair and his style of like cheating and stuff like that. It was really, it was really complimentary. It was really fun. It, it, everything looks slick and plausible. And I like that. Yeah. And I like, I like how Macho approached the match. Like you said, he ran to the ring cause he's pissed Yeah, and he just, they just goes right after him. Like the match starts on the outside and they're, they're just brawling, you know, as one should. Like, why, like they did something like that recently. I remember the guy was just, Standing in the ring, waiting for the bell to ring, you know. It's like, aren't you, like, really pissed off right now? You know, get him. Get him, yeah. But they started out, and they just, like, locked up and wrestled. And it was like, what the hell, man? Is this Rusev or something? Because they're doing that bit now where Lana and, uh, what's his name, are hooking up. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't this Rusev thing, but it was shortly before this. Um, I just, I can't remember exactly who. Oh, uh, oh, God, Mike Canassis and... In the baby thing? Maybe. Yeah. Cause, uh, it was just something weird. I just remember the match caught me off. I about hiring that guy. Like, whoa. It's yeah. rough. I think they just want his wife. <laughs> I don't... She's not that great either. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> so. Ric Flair and Macho Man. Uh, oh, this classic match. These two guys are two of the greatest of all time. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a close second to, to the... The Piper Hitman match to me. I, I love this match. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. As we said, Flair starts bleeding. Again, not supposed to bleed. Uh, so they got in trouble for that. Yeah. his And his blood looked fake. It was just like too much. It looked like Tarantino like did his fucking <laughs> special effects, man. Like, like he was in Reservoir Dogs that year. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved how Ric Flair would bleed his, that bleach blonde hair would turn red, you know? Yeah. There's this really cool moment. Uh, he gets Ric Flair gets thrown into the corner. He flips. He does, you know, like he him and a, yeah, he does, yeah, he does a flip and then he runs on the turnbuckle and he jumps and then he gets close. Yeah, <laughs> it was such. It was like my favorite part. Yeah, he runs on the apron, jumps up on the other turnbuckle, comes down and gets just knocked up on his ass. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? Wait, all that just to get knocked on your ass? It was funny. It was great. It was, it was so. Funny, it looks so good too. Oh yeah, I just want to also point out that uh, um, R.I.P. Mr. Perfect. Just want to tell you a uh, good job on the 
the footwear in this match. He was wearing Air Jordan sixes in this uh, match. He was. No one, no one really knows that, but I, I be noticing shit like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you do because I did not. I just noticed the jacket. I just like the jacket with like the studded perfect on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was cool enough to have shit like that. <laughs> try it, man. Try it. You don't know unless you try. Uh, Macho Man eventually gets the win with a handful of tights. He rolls Ric Flair up uh, after a lot of cheating and everything, a lot of chaos happens. Um, Mr. Perfect, I think, gives Flair brass knuckles at one point. Um, uh, Perfect pulls Randy out of the ring after hitting the elbow. So there's a lot of uh, gaga, as they say, or Pat Patterson says, (laughs) like surrounding like the end of this match. But then... Randy Savage just rolls him up with a handful of tights and gets the win. And oh, Bobby DeBrain's Heenan's reaction to it is fucking great. I loved it. He's a cheater. It. He's a cheater. He's like, a handful I, of tights. I've got it on video. <laughs> like they're going to reverse the call or something because he had it. See, Tito should have came out and took care of that shit. Yeah, where was Tito mm-hmm. Santana? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bias ass Tito. <laughs> um, and I, one thing that did catch me off guard, once again, your World Wrestling Federation champion is how it was announced. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't do the new yeah. heavyweight champion, you know, he, yeah. he, and once again. Oh, wait, do we uh, forget um, Miss Elizabeth running out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Elizabeth does run out. Yeah, um, a whole bunch of people, like the guys are trying to like stop her or whatever. It's like three guys trying to stop her. Like you three guys can't stop this, yeah. this, this little woman from running She's out in heels. Like, all right, man. I think they were actually scared to touch her because Macho would come down there kill and, yeah. and kill him in real life. Oh, that, oh, that too. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> I, I like that, yeah. There, there's your logic. <laughs> How come her music didn't play when she runs out? Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk more about that later, though. She should have so we got a new world wrestling federation champion and then we have like uh, two interviews immediately after it uh with our new champion and with the sore losers sore losers um oh yeah flair lays lays a kiss on miss elizabeth right yeah he does kiss her, and then she beats the crap out of him. Yeah. Like he does like the flare flop after yeah. she slaps well, it him. It works fifty percent of the time. <laughs> 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 Woo! <Ooh>, damn. <laughs> um, I liked the flare interview. I, I liked I liked them both. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, Macho, anywhere, anytime, any I like place. Bobby the brain coming down and be like. For moral support, like we got it, nothing to worry about. You'll get your rematch. Yeah, like Bobby did so great. Like during this match, he he gets so flustered as whenever Flair starts getting beat, and he's yeah. perfect. Get in the ring, do something, throw a chair. He's the best man. <laughs> he was great. Um, the next match, that's just so little to say about. It. I don't. They come back to the ring, and there's like seven. Native Americans dancing. They don't really explain what's happening there. But they say they're from the North Carolina tribe that Tatanka's from, although one of them has a Canadian flag. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know what was happening there. Uh, they go back to the model, who does a lot of uh, puns about having reservations. 
yeah. and Tatanka scalping tickets, which is, I don't think would be okay today, but it was not okay then because it was bad. Yeah. It was, it was just terrible. Like, <laughs> it was just bad like, jokes. The, the quote unquote comedy they tried to do during all these WrestleManias, it's just horrible, man. It's, it's tough to watch. Yeah, I feel like they're really trying to make it kid-friendly right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It is a family-friendly product, but, like, at least try, man. <laughs> yeah. There, There's, I mean, there, you can be funny and family-friendly. You don't have to be cheesy. Like, Yeah, I mean, I know they were getting close to this to that steroid scandal trial er- period of time, so maybe they're just trying to make it as wholesome entertainment as possible for image sake. I can see that, yeah. But yeah, it was bad jokes. Tatanka come and Tatanka. I don't know if he's still undefeated at this point. Um, they didn't announce him as undefeated, so maybe he had lost somewhere. They didn't really give him much of anything. It was just like, well, there's dancing. Get him out there. <laughs> well, he, apparently the, they had the, he had a parade of other Native Americans uh, there for him, and then, but they just kind of get out of the ring. One of them waves a feather at him, and then uh, they leave. They just walk back, and the match starts. I don't. I don't. It was. It was so. It was weird. It is, and it was a pretty quick match. Yeah. So, I think Tatanka wins. He beats the model, um, coming out with his arrogance. And did he have a cummerbund on over his tights? Don't remember. I swear he had. He came. I think he came out with his little jacket and the. the well, because I think he's supposed can. to be a, as if he's wearing a tuxedo, so I can see that. Well, he had like the big pen that says, right. you know, yes, I'm a model, which I, which is fine. See, you can totally pull that off. That's what you should wear instead of that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Show it to work. Yes, I'm a model. <laughs> but I think, I'm pretty sure he had like a matching cummerbund or something. Oh, that's... In tie, in bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck so, is a cummerbund. It's like that fat belt tuxedos wear. Instead of the vest, you wear like the, the weird waist. Thing. Oh, that bullshit. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was probably the, the, out of everything that stands out to me more than anything in this match. If that's the most interesting part of that <laughs> match, we should probably move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, next we got the tag team titles. Money Inc. takes on the Natural Disasters. This is another good match. I, I really like this match. Yeah, I did too. Uh, Natural Disasters and Money Inc. Two of my favorite tag teams. As far I like, as far like the gimmick, I like the name, I like the gimmick, yeah, I like the look, everything about it. Characters are developed. We all know what we're, we should expect, and they delivered. Yeah, and Money Inc. had beaten the Natural Disasters for the belt in a really good match. I'd that, like to watch that one. I think that'd be kind of cool. It was good. It was really good. Um, it kind of en- it ended with like the Million Dollar Dream on Earthquake. Uh, but basically, I think they had like taken out tugboat, like hit him with something, and, like knocked him out, and they it was like, but they and they slowly wore down earthquake, like just throwing sleepers on him over and over again, and then finally the million dollar dream, and it and then they got him. Do you remember how they transitioned from tugboat to typhoon? Yeah, uh, vague somewhat. Uh, it was started with like a a battle royal. Okay, and um, I believe. Hulk Hogan threw out Tugboat, and Tugboat was upset, and then eventually turned his back on Hogan and like splashed him, and then teamed up with Earthquake, and they called him, started calling him Typhoon. 
Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, because I was listening in, um, what was it, WrestleMania 6? That was supposed to be, or I'm sorry, so, like the last WrestleMania, 1997. Seven, yeah. <clears throat> that was supposed to be what they were gearing to for uh, a main event, Tugboat versus. Yeah. Yeah. Chic Tugboat? <laughs> no, no, Tugboat Hogan. Yeah, but they were going to call him Chic Tugboat. Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah, you're right. I thought you were saying like Iron Sheik versus Tugboat. Like, I don't no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah. They, they were going to make Tugboat. him the, the Iraqi. Yeah, it's Which was I don't think would it. No. Would not have worked. Could not have worked. Yeah. Gone over like Shockmaster. <laughs> Poor Tugboat. <laughs> yeah. But the Natural Disasters, man, I loved them. And then Money Inc., I think it's one of the best names for a tag team ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always like, for some reason, I like tag teams with uh, the the ink in them, in the name. Uh, there was a team later on that the guys all had tons of tattoos, and they were ink, ink. <laughs> Which I, I enjoyed. Okay. <laughs> ink Incorporated. Um, yeah, it was a great match. Uh, eventually, Money Ink just leaves. They're getting beat up too bad. Quake's about to go for the big earthquake finisher. Um, and then they pull him, they pull IRS out of the ring and take a hike. But yeah, Ugh. I mean, I can't say enough about Money Inc. They I thought they were, they were tag team champions for a long time and they were really good. Yeah. I like at the end of this when IRS was like, we don't need the purse. We don't need the, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, million dollar man. Like we don't need the money. Let's just go. And like, that's awesome. Like that's such a cool, that, that's totally appropriate. Like, we want we want these belts. Why, why are we even doing this? Like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Count us out. Yeah. Jake, do you remember? I, I know you, this is kind of getting close to the era when you started watching wrestling and uh, becoming, like, a big fan. Do you remember Money, Inc. at all? Not really. Not really? No. Nah. nah. Like, uh, I'm going, I'm getting, I'm <clears throat> I started around, like, 94. 94 is when I really got in. So, like, this is, I don't remember, I don't remember. I remember Ted DiBiase like, like, uh, not vividly, but like kind of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. But like, um, but of course I like looked all the other old, all this old shit. But like, I don't, I remember uh, well, like when Stone Cold, um, when he was Stone Cold's manager mm-hmm. for a little bit. Oh I remember yeah, that. yeah. Because Stone Cold had the million dollar belt for a minute too. But you know, that's mostly what I remember. But I don't remember uh, Money Inc. too much. Nah. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I think you mentioned that. I was trying to think of the WrestleMania where Yokozuna was in the main event, and that would have been kind of like around the time when you started watching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Money, Inc. was kind of wrapping up then. Yeah, is that the one in Caesar's Palace? Yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be like the worst one. Yeah. We're getting to it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it might be next. Oh, yeah. Um, IRS... Erwin R. Scheister. Uh, Father of the Fiend. Yeah. Yeah, his two kids, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. Man, they're awesome. They're both awesome. Poor Bo, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. Poor Bo. That sucks. But... Him and Mr. Perfect's kid, like, damn, man. <laughs> I know. It's just... It's they're like talented. A, it's, it's criminal what's happening to them. Uh, but like, I thought Mike Rotunda always had kind of a bland presentation until IRS. And it worked. Yeah, he, it was it was silly, but it worked, right? Uh, I loved it when the good guys would always grab his tie and like pull him around the ring by the tie and beat him up. It was great. It's good stuff. Um, 
All right. So I, I've, I've, I guess I've sucked up to those guys enough. But <laughs> uh, following that, we got an interview with Brutus the Barber Beefcake, which uh, we could have skipped. <laughs> oh I man! Mean, I kind of want to play it right now and just laugh at it. But oh, you go ahead. With me now, one of the all-time greats in the World Wrestling Federation, <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Here's a man that had a stellar career going for himself. I know you folks can at home can't see him, but he's in full gear. Tragic boating accident, Brutus. You have seen it all. The one thing I so do know. So that's like what he wears all the time. The yeah. You are one of the. He going to CBS? He wearing that? You know, me, Gene. That's a fact. That's maybe even an understatement. You know, the Hulkster and I, we've been everywhere. We've been to the top, we've been to the bottom. I've seen him down low, and I've seen him up high. But one thing, I've always seen him keep his dignity. I've never seen him drop his head. He's always held his head high. <laughs> He's always been a giving man. He's given all of his life. And you know something, Mean Gene? I'm just here to add my voice to the rest of those 70,000 out there to make 62. sure that he knows that we're behind him all the way. And regardless of whether this He's is his the last barber, match the or not, I just want him to know that I'm behind him all the way. And I'm the number one Hulkamaniac. And one thing is for sure, Hulkamania will live forever. Yeah. Hey, man, I thank you, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah. Let's get back to ringside. So what purpose did that really serve? None. I mean, I guess it got Brutus a payday, which I'm happy for, because he did have that terrible accident. I th think that was part of the thing. Um, uh, again, I'm going to keep listening to the Richard Pritchard, or Pritchard show. Richard Pritchard. <laughs> Listen to the, the, the Pritchard show, like um, something to wrestle with. Like They had a whole thing about B Brutus the Barbecue Beefcake, specifically like what happened to him after the accident. You know, he had basically his whole face oh he was bad yeah like he should have died yeah they don't know like he, he should have had brain damage he should have died he should he shouldn't be nearly the condition he is and part of that has to do with hulk hogan hulk hogan you know when he was well enough brought him to his house you know he said like he hanging out with hogan he, he put on a lot of muscle and stuff like that like he, he got his body back into shape and I think Hogan used a lot of his clout to get him like these little vignettes and stuff because, fuck, Brutus the Barber Beefcake doesn't do great promos. Like, going back to it, the first time we saw him at WrestleMania, where he's like, like that's yeah. probably the most brilliant thing he's ever said. This has been downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him. God damn. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got yeah. a hot take on Brutus the Bar. Fuck Brutus the Bar Beefcake. But for some reason, as a kid, I liked him. I remember. No, him. he had a great gimmick. Like the when he, you know, the look was cool. He had. I mean, like now yeah. it's a, he comes back. When he came back, it was just weird. I, but I remember like hearing about that as a kid, the parasailing accident, and, like how his face got broken. And like one of the barber shops, it might have been one of these. Like when Sid, it might have been Sid, but somebody sticks a magnet to his forehead. Yeah, like, like fuck with him. I think it was Bobby Brandon did it. Okay, but yeah, that was like a big, and that becomes a storyline later on, I think too. Like it's like it's all about the face. Like they get would it shatter again if he gets hit, you know? Um. So yeah, yeah it was just, but like yeah, this was just weird. It's just like him professing his love of Hulk Hogan. All right, fantastic. Anyways, uh, and then we follow that up with another vital piece of information and a vital match in this card. Owen Hart versus Skinner. And if you don't remember... I don't remember. Skinner was from the Everglades. 
and he was a professional gator hunter. Maybe illegally, I'm not sure, but he killed alligators with his bare hands. Or he lived with them and killed them. I, he lived with the gators. And he had a gator foot that he would carry and he would spit. What the fuck? Are you serious? Yes. You want to see some vignettes from Skinner? All right. I'm going to pull that shit up. Skinner intro vignettes. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck is this dumb shit? All right. I don't know. One day we'll. I'll try to find some vignettes or something for you guys. Yeah, put for, them on the Facebook page. That'd be cool. Yeah, put them on the Facebook page. But yeah, I remember like Skinner's intro videos. You know, they used to make the like. You know, with Razor Ramon, they had him like walking around on the beach and stuff. Skinner was like rising up out of the swamp. <laughs> every time, every time Jake taps a table now, he looks at me and his eyes get so big, and then I start laughing, and then he starts laughing. And you never catch it because you're thinking about wrestling, <laughs> so you start laughing at us two laughing. And you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like I didn't say. Oh, I'm just talking about Skinner, man. We can dig it. <laughs> oh shit! So let's go to the next man. Yeah, so Skinner versus Owen Hart. Yeah. Uh, it's like four minutes. Owen Hart gets a win. Uh, I, I love Owen Hart, but I, I hated this look. The, the, the parachute pants? Yeah, the Coco Beware. Like, because it looked like a clown to me. Like, yeah, he. I mean, like the baggy pants thing. I don't know. I mean, I guess it was. No, it was popular. This is like back with like when people wore skids and um, which was a brand of pants that were really baggy. And then he had MC Hammer with the, the drop, parachute pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the drop crotch parachute pants. Like, so it was a look. I just, I never, I never got into it. Yeah, that, but then this is about the time that he would team up with Coco and be yeah. high energy, I believe. Yeah, which was a that, they were a great team. I love watching them. I just didn't like the look. Yeah. And then finally, after uh, that nail biter, we go on to the main <laughs> event. It's uh, Sid Justice who is now being referred to as a crazy person, uh, versus Hulk Hogan. Now, the backstory, as we all remember, Hulk Hogan uh, threw, uh, was thrown out of the Royal Rumble by Sid legally, perfectly fine, and then uh, Hogan gets mad and grabs Sid and starts pulling him, uh, and then Ric Flair gets the win because he, he can throw Sid out of the ring easily because Hogan's pulling him halfway out. Which disproves Hogan's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like a straight up heel, and like, yeah. but like they try to like spin it, like he constantly doing heel moves. I, I didn't get that at all as a kid. Like, why? But like, why did he do that? Yeah. You know? um, this is the motherfucker is telling you to, to say your prayers and take your vitamins, and he's doing some heel shit. So then there's a press conference to announce who's going to be the number one contender, and it's like Macho Man, Sid, and Hogan. And they announce Hogan, and that's when Sid starts losing his fucking mind because he he's really, he's new to the WWF and he's just getting screwed over left and right. So he starts twitching in his face and talking about how he rules the world. And he walks out on Hulk Hogan in a tag team match, leaving Hogan to get beat up by I think the natural disasters or somebody. Um, 
and now he's a villain, and he's Sid Justice still, not Psycho Sid yet, but he's getting there. He's getting there, yeah. Dude, Sid was a big fucking deal back in 92. Yeah. He was, him coming over from WCW was a a huge thing, I remember, and like everybody talking about Sid Vicious coming to WWF, but they had to change his name, but uh, dude just looked like a monster, right? Yeah, he looked he looked impressive. This is like the biggest buffest guy that that Hogan's gone against. You know, like Warrior was buff, but he was like four inches t- shorter than Hogan, so he was compact. Um, yeah, so he was intimidating everything but the hair. Oh yeah, the the curly blonde hair. Nah, nah. which he can't help. Like, was he gonna do straighten it? <laughs> he couldn't have. See what happens. Yeah. I like the hair. I, for Sid, I mean, I, I wouldn't wear the look, but I mean, who's going to tell him not to? Right. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Your hair whack as fuck. I mean, put a do rag on. <laughs> put a do rag on. What the? Yeah. Uh, Sid, um, so it's Hulk Hogan versus Sid. There's no title, but this is the show closer. I thought it was a good match. I liked it. Yeah, for a Hogan match, it was it wasn't bad. Um, but compared to like like the running order of this card was confusing to me because you had like the Hitman and Piper so early. Like I I can see like yeah you probably want to start off with a big bang, but I don't know maybe you should have probably done like the tag team stuff a little bit earlier and switch it around. Yeah, if you, especially if you're gonna have them just walk out. I think doing that earlier in the show, yeah, would have been good. Um, I don't. For what happened in this match, like the big shock and everything, yeah. I, I'm okay with it being at the end. And I remember as a kid watching this and like losing my no, mind I, when it happened. I no, I agree. I absolutely. When I was a kid, I loved it. I, but yeah, I just I don't know. I I, I just thought that the other matches were so much better. Uh, but you know, again, we watch these without watching. You know, we're not in the, the we're not watching it after watching all of like the like the Sunday or Saturday night main events and stuff like that. So we're not in. We're not. We're not go, doing such a deep dive that we're you know reliving it. completely. Yeah, we're living it completely. So with with knowing that now, like saying that out loud now, like I, yeah, I get it. Um. So the match gets going. Like some of the big highlights, choke slam. Sid was one of the first people to do a choke slam. Look good. Uh, and yeah, he stuck Hogan, man. <laughs> like, Hogan went down pretty hard. I thought that was awesome. Uh, and I loved it when Sid would do that. Like I loved that pose he would do when I could drop down to the one knee and hold the arms up. Yeah. Uh, they started doing that as a ta- he was with a tag team caught and they were the the skyscrapers. It was him and Dan Spivey. In WCW, and they would always do, they would do that pose. Um, but yeah, I always thought that was so cool, especially as a bad guy, like doing that in the ring, like during a match, like zero. Hey, you're a tall dude, so the whole thing was like, don't leave your feet, and you're dropping to a knee, and like, there's zero fucks given, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, do something about it. The only other complaint I had about Sid was uh, Harvey Whiffleman, as is, or wrestling. Oh, at WrestleMania, man. your main event at WrestleMania. Uh, he is from Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, downtown Dino Brown was his name. 
Yeah. He's, he was too cartoonish. For real. <laughs> he really took me out of it. Having him, you know, like it, um, Jimmy Hart, also kind of cartoonish, but I don't know. I think he was so charismatic. It worked. Mm-hmm. When Wiffleman does it, it's just like, what is his sideshow? Yeah. But I, I don't, but it also, I guess that one of the reasons they did it is because he's like a shorter guy. Yeah. And so when he stands next to Sid, Sid looks even taller because like you can't tell that he's actually, the other guy's actually like five foot five or something, you know? Okay. Um, so I think that's why they paired him up in my head. That's the only logical yeah. thing. Cause like he was kind of introduced this way with Sid. So, and they were friends from Memphis, I think because Sid is from West Memphis, Arkansas. So, um, maybe that was it, but yeah, I didn't, re- I'm never, never a big fan of Harvey Wibbleman. No, he's so bad. So it was weird. I well, I just think back because like this is still like this is still during an era where their their one of their main jobs is convincing the rest of the world that this is a hundred percent legit real. Like these the, these aren't characters; these are real people who really have these feelings, who real settle really settle their differences in this ring. And you have this this clown jumping up and down. It's just a little too much, you know. Okay. I wonder. I wonder about the psychology. You know, like the, the ring psychology of the whole thing. All right. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, that's a, a okay. Yeah, I see your point there. Um, so into the match, Sid hits the power bomb, which was all. It was a great power yeah, bomb. Yeah. Hogan came up yeah. for it, man. Yeah. And then uh, Hogan hulks up eventually, and makes starts making a comeback, drops the leg. Now, this is where shit gets interesting. You see Sid kick out, and Harvey Whippleman, at the same time, is like jumped into the ring, and Hogan's gone after hit Whippleman. The bell rings like it's a DQ, and then Papa Shango runs out. Papa Shango being the voodoo, evil voodoo shaman guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was supposed to happen was Hogan hits the leg and Shango is already down to the ring and interrupts the count and starts wailing oh, on Oh, yeah, I've heard of this. So, completely fucking botched ending. That's why everything just happened at the end. Like, you see Sid, like, there's no Papa Shango. Sid kicks out. And, like, everything just starts happening really quickly because, like, nobody knew what the fuck was going on. Um, so the bell rings and, like, Hogan throws Whippleman at Sid, and Sid just catches him and just stands there looking at back at him like, what are we going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a terrible ending. This is terrible. Um, Papa Shango finally gets into the ring. Really quick, when Papa Shango runs out, does his music play? No. No. Okay. Let's... So Papa Shango runs out, and then what happens? Um, they start beating up on Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sid puts down Harvey. He's not holding Harvey and whooping up on Hulk Hogan. He puts down Harvey and Harvey runs away. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, music does start playing. And it is the return of the ultimate motherfucking warrior. And he runs down to the ring in a soccer mom haircut and proceeds to <laughs> beat up Papa Shango, who stands there in shock that this man has returned and waits for a clothesline for fucking forever. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he yeah, just turns he's, he's to like, Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's do the, like you just wait. Like, what kind of shit is that, man? 
Yeah, it was a bad ending. It was a pretty fucking bad ending. And even if they did the ending they wanted to do, that would have been a whack-ass fucking ending because there <laughs> needs to be a real winner. Yeah. If I paid tickets for that shit and it was just a DQ, fuck y'all niggas, man. Like, straight up, dog. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? It's WrestleMania. You doing a DQ on the main event? Come mm-hmm. on, man. Yeah. Like, I got to do, do better, man. Do better. Do a lot better. Yeah. That was some bullshit. So. <laughs> that was some bullshit. So the cafe is. Thank you, Captain of Keeping It Real. <laughs> there's, there's, there, is there a gentleman with everybody's uh, ring music standing by the curtain? And when he sees someone runs to the curtain, he quickly cues that up? I always wonder that myself. Is there like, just like a guy who just has like a record of everybody's music? <laughs> yeah. And he's just standing there. Oh, shit. And oh, yeah. Go. Like the old uh, radio DJs, you just see him panicking and grabbing the CD and slamming it in there, hitting play, you know? You got one job. <laughs> it's to play the music. And you know, the Ultimate Warrior just ran through there. He yeah, ran. He, he wasn't, he wasn't he, standing around. He just he ran He parked his from... car. He started running from the car. He goes through, jumps over the turnstile, puts on his clothes. He's, he's running. He's the running. security running. guard says something. He punches him right in the face. Keeps yep. running. <laughs> runs through the curtain. Runs all the way down to the ring. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's his day. Hurdles Pat yeah. Patterson passes, at He passes uh, LOD as they're walking back to their car because they're on the way home. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the match is when um, Sid Justice hits um, Warrior with the chair and he just starts shaking the ropes even more. Yeah. He <laughs> hits with the chair. That's probably my favorite part. He doesn't hit Sid part. once. He, after he knocks out Prada Pajango, he just shakes every rope he can see. <laughs> and then he knocks him and he hits him with the chair and then he starts shaking the ropes even more. Yeah. It was hilarious, man. He's warrioring up. Yeah, and then Hogan gets up, and yeah, they clear the ring, and then celebrate together, and like the crowd is into it. I remember like losing my shit when the Warrior came back, and then like looking at him and like that's not the same guy. It was he just had a different paint, different paint, smaller, smaller guy, um, off the juice obviously, and had the worst fucking haircut. Like you think Sid's <laughs> hair was bad? I mean, this dude looked like a soccer mom. Yeah, he had the Rachel going. Yeah. <laughs> it was like all like fluffed out, and it was weird. Uh, and that's the return of the warrior, and everybody's like, it, it was cool. Like it was cool. I was okay with it. Like, yeah. they, as a kid, um, looking back, not okay with it at all. Nah. And that was the return of the warrior. What what happened? What happened to the warrior previous before his return to this? He just he disappeared. He was in the main event of SummerSlam last year, and then he basically held Vince up for money before that match, and then was gone. Got fired immediately afterwards. Oh, that's the one where he's like, if I don't get 100000 because because his uh, contract was up. If you don't give me $100,000, I ain't coming to the match. Yeah, he wanted more money, or the same, yeah, he wanted more money or something, or the same money as Hogan or something like that. And uh, Vince said, fine, I'll pay you that much. And then when he came back, he gave him a check and said, get the hell out of here. See, this is what I wonder about, like, Vince, right? Like, he's had these kind of run-ins with wrestlers his whole his whole life, you know? And he's fucked people over. He's been fucked over. But, like, he gives a lot of people second chances. I don't get that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand, a lot like. people give him second chances. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, um, it's. I think it's just, it's a business, right? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, like, Shit, he buys WCW. First thing he says, like, Jeff Jarrett will never work for me again. Fuck Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Who's in the Hall of Fame? Jeff Jarrett. And gets to do, like, a 
gets to wrestle one last time in the, in the WWE ring. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Hall and Nash, all these people, like, have done, you know, and, and it's gone both ways. I'm not saying, like, but, like, now that the Warrior is in the Hall of Fame and like now they have, like, the the whole Warrior project and everything, like, that's it, that's interesting to me. Like, the whole... Like, why did you choose this guy? Like, he, he, like when he was alive, he didn't really. Vince really liked him. I don't yeah. Know. Um. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, he had charisma, no, no doubt. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah There's always yeah. that old story about Vince. It's like, no, we'll bring him in, and then we'll fuck him. You know, but uh, that's I, I think that's that, kind of yeah. bullshit. He just does what's best for business, and um, I guess he just rises above it. So, so that's why I wonder, like, you, you see, like, when, when you watch a product, like, a lot of his ego, but then you and you hear about that. But you also, you also see, like, how he's just strict business about things. So it's it's weird. Yeah, it's a balancing act, I guess, in some places. And I wonder if that just started from the beginning. Like, we talked, like, WrestleMania 1, Vince is, like, Vince is doing this to get his dad's company. His dad doesn't hand over the company. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a kind of cold calculated what's best for business. Maybe giving it to gorilla and like six other people to make a, have them run it rather than my son run it. Who hasn't done any, any successful pay-per-views in the last couple of days. You know, like it's, I mean, just the whole story is interesting to me. Yeah. I really wish there'd be like a book on his life, but I don't think he'll ever write. He'll ever have him write one. And if it does, it's going to be in, in, yeah, inaccurate yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically how we end. The Warriors back, and it looks like Hogan's going to be around for a little bit longer. We'll see. Uh, Jake, any closing comments, thoughts on this WrestleMania? <clears throat> yeah, um, I'll start watching it after the title match. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do. I, I, I second that. Yeah. Maybe maybe watch the, the tag team match. Tag yeah. team match. You know, I mean, watch the whole thing. You know, just entertaining parts. When, like I said, it was hilarious when when Hogan got power by how he flopped around. That was funny. And then when um you know when um <laughs> Warrior got hit with the chair, he started just shaking the ropes. That was funny. And then Papa Shango just. <laughs> waiting for the clothesline. <laughs> like, we, this is already fucked up. I already yeah. fucked up. I was supposed to be down I'm there. I'm so fired right I'm now. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> well, he was in the yeah. right spot for the clothesline. He wasn't going to move. At least he was going to be in one yeah. place he needed to be when he needed to be there. <laughs> he should have been there 10 yeah. minutes ago, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe him and Warrior were just talking in the back about yeah. face paint and shit. And, they were, and he missed his cue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's no. funny. I mean, oh, he was late to the ring, but he was... Earliest shit to LA. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Damn. That averages out. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> All right, damn, dog. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Late to the ring. Early for the fucking clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> shit, man. But, bro, like, hearing that story about it now, like, about that ending, mm-hmm. it just makes me mad. It's like. That was a fucked up ending, but then the ending you had planned was what made me even even what made me even angrier. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? man. 
Man, come on, man. Like, stop with these disqualifications. There has to be. That's why I like later on in, like, WrestleMania, they made all the title matches, like, no DQ and shit, no yeah. bar. That's why I like when they did it. But, like, we'll, we'll talk about those later. But, yeah, as for this WrestleMania, um, yeah, watch it. I mean, it's entertaining. But um, as far as good matches, um, if you just want to watch good matches, uh, I would, like, stop after the title match. And, um, oh, yeah, watch the tag team match, but that's about it. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. I'm with you. Like, you can watch the Warrior Return. I mean, it's, there is some good stuff. Just yeah. watch it with a grain of, you know, just watch it with that in with that in mind. Don't don't yeah. expect a classic. And with that, this classic episode of WrestleMania X is done. So until next time, I'm Alex Ketchum. Bob Wick. Jake Russell. And we're going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs Podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at gabbermedia.com. See you guys next time.